Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Social Impact Pioneers podcast series. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. These interviews with social impact pioneers provide you with insights, different perspectives, advice, and maybe a little inspiration, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are tackling some of the world's biggest social challenges so that you can learn from those who have been there before, helping you in your decision-making and action-taking. Regenerative agriculture seems a bit of a buzz phrase just now. Why should smallholder farmers or bigger businesses care about what on the surface sounds like a new, echo, wishy-washy, overly involved concept? Well, you're about to meet the force and social impact pioneer, Audrey Sadako. Audrey is not wishy-washy. Audrey is a businesswoman on a mission. As a climate tech entrepreneur, Audrey has set up and leads Sabonsaki, a company at the nexus of regenerative agriculture, restoring soil health and degraded ecosystems. Focused on stabilising fragile food supply chains for bigger businesses, whilst increasing the profits for smallholder farmers. Oh, and she's excited about carbon finance. We're going to hear about that shortly. Audrey is joined by Khadija Hashimi. Khadija is the Head of Corporate Affairs, Brand and Marketing for Africa and the Middle East, and the Country Head of Pakistan for Standard Chartered Bank. This is no mean feat. These kinds of roles don't get handed out on a platter to anyone. Khadija is a thought leader, pretty amazing at her job. She's also a social impact pioneer, passionate about supporting female leaders and women entrepreneurs. We had a recent Business Fights Poverty Gender Summit, and one of the things that got talked about was how some women, when they get into leadership positions, pull up the ladder behind them. Khadija is the absolute opposite. Every time I've ever had the privilege of spending time with Khadija, she is championing and advocating for women and girls. Khadija might be an amazing leader within Standard Chartered Bank, but it is because of her passion to help others succeed and the Standard Chartered's initiative, Future Makers, which she has helped to spearhead, that we are talking here today. As Future Makers has recognised Audrey's incredible work and has lent in support. Today, we join together to learn from Audrey and talk about how banks and other businesses can really lift participation through women's economic inclusion and make a difference by supporting social entrepreneurs. So Audrey, Khadija, welcome. Thank you, Katie, for having us. Most welcome, Katie. I'm really looking forward to our chat this afternoon. Great to have you both. So I wanted to start the conversation today. Audrey, can I turn to you first? Can you tell us a bit about why we need to be thinking about regenerative agriculture and soil health? What does this really mean for smallholder farmers in the areas that you're working with? Thank you, Katie. To be honest, I've been keenly observing current climatic conditions, and I do surmise that we on Earth at loggerheads with nature. We've been working out of sync and not in tandem with her and her principles. I say we're guilty of adopting harmful environmental practices and engaging in degrading activities that are detrimental to the environment. And undeniably, the grim status quo, which is rife with extreme weather temperatures, flooding, drought, 
poor crop yields um, have impacted livelihoods as well. And this tells, tells the entire story. For farmers especially who are at the front lines in this fight, they are bearing the brunt of this. And they're faced with the repercussions of unsustainable food production and land use as a result of the poor unsustainable practices that we've engaged in. For regenerative agriculture, it allows us to be one again with nature and circle back. This is where farming adopts holistic and restorative ecosystem approaches to how we grow food, um, how we take care of our soils, our landscapes, um, etc. And for farmers, more importantly, it enables them play a vital role in adapting and mitigating climate change by one, increasing soil carbon, um, two, improving soil water conservation, improving soil biodiversity, and increasing crop yields as well. Essentially, farmers would be well equipped and would be building an arsenal to combat climate crisis, ensuring that with over 95% of our foods grown in soils, they'll be able to do this more organically and produce the nutrient-dense food we're looking for. And staying with you, Audrey, I mean, can you tell us a bit about the business, the work that you've set up because of that insight? What inspired you to get started and what are you hoping to achieve through it? Saban Sake, as a climate um, slash climate fintech organisation, is invested and has been invested in building more regenerative agriculture, resilient and thriving farming communities. And these are the values we stand by. We are in a relentless quest at the moment to transform waste, which people should see as a resource, into value-added products and services, and as well transform the mindsets of the people we work with about, and we're hoping to live up to the meaning of our name, which indeed means to transform or to make something new again. Currently, we've honed in on improving soil health, reversing degradation, and resisting harsh environmental practices. And we have gone the route of providing soil solutions, tools, and resources for everyone, especially those in the farming communities, and enable them to build soil capital and create more access to nutrient-dense food that improves their well-being. In order for us to do this more sustainably, we're leveraging on technology to promote regenerative agriculture and manufacture sustainable biochar and biochar organic um, soil boosters that enable farmers build drought resilience to sequester stable carbon in the ground, boost their soil fertility, all in the quest to support sustainable food production. So the question of, of what inspired us, I'll say that we're inspired by the need to create and contribute to a more sustainable food factory system, such that food factories would have more adequate supply of their raw materials from farmers. And we're really agitated by the collapse of food factories, not just in Ghana, but across Africa. And we're just really deep thinking about ways to make more thriving systems and thriving inputs for them. And that's how Sabon Sake was birthed. But ultimately speaking, I'd say that we hope to achieve a net zero in the way our food systems are developed and accelerate the transition for a lot more farmers in especially the rural areas, transition 
well enough into regenerative agriculture and build more thriving, holistic farming ecosystems. Oh, wow. It sounds amazing. Audrey, and you've been part of the Future Makers program. How's Future Makers helped you or, or been on that journey with you? It's a delight and it has been a delight to be a part of the Future Makers program, specifically the Women in Tech program. It provided a timely financial and non-financial support for Sabin Sake. We were at the stage of our business where we were reflecting on what next, do we pivot or not? How do we create more sustainable business model and create a more sustainable business operational procedures? And we're excited to hear about the opportunity applied and we're accepted. And for us, the seed funding definitely helped us improve and contribute to our current infrastructure where we manufacture and produce sustainable biochar for farmers and farming communities. And the second most important benefit I'd say has been with community. We've been blessed to be a part of um, a solid community, having access to like-minded individuals that share and believe our vision, that are also excited about creating impact. And we found amazing like-minded women entrepreneurs that we could lean on and exchange ideas. So it's been it's been a lot of learnings, a lot of exchange. And I'm very excited because that has shaped the next five years for us and created more energy in our in our step and more verve in what we do. Thank you. Congratulations. Khadija, I wanted to bring you in next. You have been with Standard Chartered Bank for some time and deeply involved with Future Makers too. Could you tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to be part of this kind of community and this movement? Thank you so much, Katie. And and I just have to say before I talk a bit about myself that, Audrey, that's just so um, inspiring just to have a basic idea which can have so much meaning in, in a country which really needs this kind of work is just remarkable. And I'm so proud and really happy that we, in a small way, have been able to help you build and grow your business. So um, congratulations and look forward to seeing even more amazing stories coming out of your venture. So Katie, thank you so much for inviting me here. It's one of the, I would say, one of the most kind of exciting and rewarding uh, experiences of my career at Standard Chartered to be involved in programs such as, I think, Women in Tech that Audrey was talking about, which is one of our flagship uh, Future Makers programs. Uh, Just telling you a bit about myself. So yes, I've been with the bank a long time. I started uh, with the bank some 25 plus years ago. It's my first job. And the beauty of the bank really is that it spots good talent. It spots great ideas really capitalizes on strengths and helps individuals both on the staff side and clients or communities really grow and prosper. And I've been really fortunate. I've been in the role of corporate affairs, brand and marketing, head for Pakistan and now the region, Africa, Middle East, which enables us to get really close to a lot of the beneficiaries of our Future Makers programs. So yeah, so that's my introduction. And uh, just telling you a little bit about future makers in the Africa Middle East region, we have around 46 different programs which we are implementing. And for those who might know future makers, it's Standard Charts Global Initiative, which tackles inequality and it promotes greater economic inclusion. The focus is in three primary areas, education, employability and entrepreneurship. And um, entrepreneurship, which is basically uh, the pillar that um, Audrey's program falls within, 
is around how we are trying to support and develop broader business skills, building that financial knowledge and providing access to finance. So that's the seed money that Audrey referred to, to finance the networks of young people. And Women in Tech, which I mentioned, the program that Audrey has been on, uh, is our flagship program in entrepreneurship. And the beauty of this program is that it sort of puts like-minded women, as Audrey put it, right, together on a simple platform where they receive some training, mentoring to actually grow their businesses and have like some more insights on how they can actually make them more sustainable. So we currently have this particular program across 10 markets. Eight of these happen to be in my region. Uh, Bahrain, Ghana, Kenya, Korea, Nigeria, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, uh, UAE, and the US and Zambia. And uh, hopefully, hope we will be launching a few more. Uh, the other two elements of Future Makers is education, and uh, we support girls and young women. And that's through sports and life skills education. And our flagship program for that pillar is Goal. And we have in uh, 13 of our markets in Africa, Middle East, reached over 200,000 girls in the past, I'd say, about 15 plus years. Employability is our third pillar, and that is a way that we provide training for young people to become job ready. And over the past, I'd say, about three plus years, we've reached close to 25,000 youth, of which around 55% are women already, and that's through employability programs. So I'm, I'm really, really excited. And I think Audrey here is a fabulous example of how we are really supporting young women be much more financially included. And we're helping them lift their participation in societies and communities and actually using technology, which is, which is quite critical here because that is the new kind of focus of the future to uh, really tackle, as Audrey said, climate change by working with farmers in Ghana. And uh, really proud of the work people like Audrey are doing. Oh, thank you, Khadija. But bringing those two pieces together, it, it's it's that that nexus. That's where the exciting pieces happen. Khadija, just to sort of follow up on that work that you guys are doing, clearly you're, you've got quite a lot of focus there on women in particular. Why is that focus required? What What is it that we need to do better for women in particular to ensure that they can really kind of get on and, and get going? Mm. So thanks for the question, Katie. And it's, it's a really important one because especially in the markets in which sort of I'm based, right, Africa, Middle East, I think it's important to see how women are included in economic prosperity for markets. At Standard Chartered, we believe that when we invest in girls and young women, we're actually bringing greater prosperity and diversity to all of the markets in which we operate, because often this sort of sector of the workforce is not really focused on that much. Uh, women entrepreneurs are on the rise globally, and we found both in the African and the Middle East region, it's kind of taking things over. Historically, Africa has led the world in terms of numbers of women business owners um, with countries like Ghana, where Audrey is from, and also Uganda leading the way. And when we now start looking at the Middle East uh, region, we find that a lot of important strides are kind of being put forward by countries like Saudi Arabia, where women are now being engaged in much more entrepreneurial activity than men. These steps are showing that there is a positive change towards closing this gender gap and including more women. 
there continue to be certain barriers to entrepreneurship and opportunities you know for growth for women a lot of it is around lack of capital could be social um cultural constraints and even limited skills and what we find is that women in general have also less access to basic banking services such as basic checking and saving accounts as well so many female entrepreneurs end up relying either on their own savings or like loans from family and friends or micro loans to actually finance their business needs but because of the nature of the way they they take loans or or they they get a lot of funding it doesn't really allow the women you know borrowers to make long term investments in businesses so i think it's to really untap this potential and open doors for this phenomenal segment of our communities is what we're actually focused on we really want to ensure that through future makers and our focus on young girls and women especially with programs like women in tech we're able to really serve the underserved or bring bring access to women who might otherwise not have an access to sort of come into the workplace and and sort of play for themselves so what we're trying to really focus on is building a much more equitable society a more financially inclusive society where we're able to kind of bring men and women on a on an equal kind of playing field and really untap the potential and by potential i mean i think that there's a lot of data which shows that just by including more women in the workforce you can actually untap up to 12 trillion dollars worth of economic growth globally so there's a real wealth and a real weight in behind having women to be much more included in ventures such as these and i think our program especially the women in tech program that audrey is part of is designed specifically with this in mind that we address the gaps and we will really focus on women led uh, technology ventures so that it becomes a sort of a key enabler for economic empowerment of women and it becomes much more sustainable Absolutely. Oh, well best of luck with everything that you guys are doing and I will make sure I put the links to those programs into the words that sit alongside uh, this podcast so that anybody listening can get hold of it and find out more actually potentially be part of it. This is the point in the conversation that I quite like which is where I'm going to step back and not ask the question. Um I'd like to first invite Audrey perhaps you do you have a question that you'd like to ask Khadija? what's sort of top of your mind what would help you on your journey what question would you like to ask audrey thanks katie kadeeder i have heard your story and i think it's remarkable come with a lot of knowledge and experience as a leader in in a bank i would like to know what would be your top 3 tips or guides or rules or mantra you go by that could support women like myself and across Africa and the world. Thanks Audrey. I think first and foremost it's really important to just be yourself. So often we get so caught up in trying to be somebody else or get to a position we we know what leaders supposed to look like so we want to emulate that. But I think at the heart of everything is just being authentic, being led by your own purpose and just focus on the area of passion. And I think that if we focus on things that we're good at that we love we will always really do well here i think secondly i'd like to add to that apart from just being yourself is that obviously we'll have challenges and and women face a lot of challenges across the way because they're often doing more than just one role right 
And that is, we need to have a little bit of resilience. Uh, so take on any kind of challenges with a forward foot, with a smile on your face, but at the same time, also being agile and a bit adaptable to the changes as our world is evolving quite fast. And I think lastly, it's about daring to stretch ourselves more and more, always trying to be the best version of yourself, work harder and smarter to kind of get to the next level. I'd say those would be my three tips, Audrey. Great tips. Audrey, what did you think? Oh, amazing. Thank you for that. I was taking lots of notes in the background. <laughs> I like being part of these conversations. Very useful. I always learn lots. And I want to flip that round now. Khadija, your turn. What would you like to ask Audrey? So Audrey, I've been thinking about what I could ask you uh, when um, Katie talked about the fact that we would ask each other's questions. So I'm wondering, you know, you're, you're leading communities and you're working with farmers, uh, enabling them to be much more resilient to climate change. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts on what we as a bank should be doing in this area to help do. Thank you, Khadija. As a bank, I would suggest that there's a lot more support that goes towards rural landscapes or rural projects to ensure that individuals and organizations within that region are also beneficiaries or benefit from financial or non-financial support. Uh, Secondly, I would say that building community systems or programs for either beneficiaries of the program, women in tech, to ensure the sustainability of our ideas, of our projects, of our infrastructure, and creating the network for us to communicate and build synergies and collaboration amongst ourselves would be key, aside the amazing support and seed money that should also go to women or businesses like mine. So yeah, um, thank you so much for the ideas. And I think uh, great points and something that we can definitely take away. And and just on your your other point around building more avenues and enabling more like-minded people like yourself. So one of the easiest things we could actually do is look at, because as I mentioned, we have programs across 10 different of different markets, and we find a lot of similarities in the kind of work that you're doing across some of our other markets. I know in Pakistan, we're also, we've given seed funding to a couple of programs where they are working within this field as well. And just enabling that kind of cross-border connectivity so that you're able to not only learn from each other, but find further ways to kind of grow. And I think from a perspective of reaching out to additional beneficiaries that would be through your supply chain is something quite exciting. And uh, that's another level of, of what we can do, because right now we're working directly with, with the direct beneficiaries of our programs. But these are beneficiaries of beneficiaries, I think, is an idea that could work. Uh, so thanks for the ideas. They're fantastic, Audrey. And I, I'll, I'll be sure to kind of take this up with my colleagues and brainstorm a bit further. Watch this space, everybody. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's going to be expanding. Um, Khadija, Audrey, I'm, I'm, we're coming to the end of this conversation, although I feel like we're potentially just at the beginning of it. But to close off this tiny little chapter, Audrey, Khadija, I wanted to ask for you personally, what's next for you, for your work? And, and where are you going? What is next? Um, Audrey, perhaps, would you mind going first? 
at Shop and Sake, um, as a climate tech organization leveraging technology to promote regenerative, regenerative agriculture, sequester carbon in the soils, and boost soil health in general, we are looking at answering the second question we always ask ourselves at Salmon Sake, and that is, how might we enable farmers earn additional income aside growing food? And for us, we are looking currently at ensuring that carbon finance and the billion-dollar carbon market, they are able to tap into that, and we can trickle down carbon finance to them by ensuring that Corporate organizations that want to scale their impact, multiply their impact, can also invest and support farmers, regenerative farmers, who are not just growing food, but doing so in a more holistic manner and supporting and working in tandem with nature. We're looking at deploying a portal um, sometime this year that would enable farmers all across Africa sign up get to learn about the various regenerative farming practices that they can adopt and as well also be the implementers on the various landscapes that they are in and then get support for that through at corporate, through NGOs, individuals and the like. So that's, that's what we're really keen and excited about this year aside ensuring that we can enable farmers be equipped to navigate the climate crisis and grow food for both themselves and their communities. Oh my gosh, Audrey, this is so exciting. And literally, if anybody wants to find out more, I'll make sure I'll get lo- uh, links from Audrey off the back of this and make sure that if you want to be part of that carbon market uh, work, part of the platform, if you want to put any of your support in there, just how to get involved, that'd be great. But Audrey, would you... Um, almost come back to us when that's sort of up and running and tell us more about it at that time. It'd be amazing. For sure, certainly. Cool. Excellent. And Khadija, what about yourself? What's next for you? So thank you, Katie. And just listening to Audrey, I'll start from where she started. I believe the future for me at Standard Chartered is to help make beautiful things that Audrey talked about happen. And we have a real ability and a power, I guess, in many ways, is that we have not only presence in, in many markets in the footprint that really need some more attention in helping lift participation of those who might not find an equal level playing field, both financially or socially, and really through Future Makers programs and the deep-rooted understanding of the markets in which we operate, we should be able to really address the needs of those markets. and. And the future really is to try and understand more of what, what is needed, how we can help and aid and support young people, and especially women, get much more included into the community, into the economy, and really help with their livelihoods. So, for example, whether it is new markets that we explore for our programs, just staying with Women in Tech, we launched a Women in Tech in uh, Saudi Arabia at the end of last year, which was a new market for us. We're hoping to further expand that into a few markets this year. Likewise, um, we have other life skills programs, goal and employability projects that we are bringing that to. We're constantly looking for where is there a need? Where is there a need for us to come in and really help address disparity and really help lift participation of of individuals in our societies. 
And at the same time, not only is it about bringing and embedding projects in certain markets and addressing the needs, it's also about how do we continue to take our employees along this journey. And I'm so proud to work for an organization where, you know, we get three days paid employee volunteering leave, which is an opportunity for us to really interact and engage with other colleagues as we go out into communities to really help you know, work in areas that we strongly believe in. So that's, that's for me from, from a perspective of what next. Uh, I hope that I'm able to learn much more about the markets that we operate in. I hope that I'm able to meet many more women like Audrey and see how we can provide just a little, a little bit of uh, support in their magnificent journeys as they take on the business world. And I really hope that we're able to tell our stories because often organizations do wonderful things, but their stories are not told. So, Katie, thank you for this podcast because it enables to really bring to life the stories of the change makers in many, in many ways, our future makers who are out there to really build a better world for all of us. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Khadija. And to Audrey. I literally couldn't agree with you more. The point of this whole podcast, the, the point of these stories is that actually we are so bombarded with negative, but it's the potential success of the work that you guys are doing, whether it's Khadija through multinational corporations and the and the ability to really create the structures and the support to, to help others to get going, or through Audrey, the work that you're doing to genuinely transform people's lives build that resilience, but also think really big, like you know, future-proof pieces. So um, I wish you both all the success and to sort of, quite frankly, we need you to succeed. Uh, so Audrey, Khadija, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, Katie. Thank you so much, Katie. Wonderful to meet you, Audrey. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.